Shalom, shalom, and Boker Tov, and Todarabah. Thank you very much, too, to all of you. Why the Todarabah? I'm so grateful and happy and thankful to be back with you on the Radio Rabbi program. And uh, it's been a little while, but it's so nice to... Uh, to be talking to all of you, sharing wonderful Jewish music with you. We have some great guests coming up later on in the month. Just a lot of good things happening, and uh, I am so, so grateful to be back. We say Boker Tov and Shalom to all of our friends in Sarasota, and you know we have friends all around the world. We've got a new listener. She just wrote me, said, when's your show coming back in Sarajevo? So from Sarasota to Sarajevo, listeners around the world, Welcome to the Radio Rabbi Program. Our Christian friends on their way to church are coming back from the early service. Well, you know, we're on at 9 to 10 now, so I don't know if that's fitting in your schedule, but we are so happy to have you with us, and we thank you for your consistent support for the State of Israel. And, of course, we would not be on the air this very brand brand new brand new uh, series of shows without someone pushing all the right buttons and plugging in all the right cords and that would be Mr. Bill. Hi Mr. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Bokratov. I'm grinning ear to ear and when you left it, it it left a hole in my work schedule and my heart. Oh my goodness, same with me and I am so glad to be back and glad that we are a team once again. Thank you so much and uh We'll look forward to a lot of happy Sunday mornings. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And, of course, how are we back on the air? Well, we are back on the air thanks to our brand-new sponsor, the Sarasota Watch Company. And I'm going to be telling you more about the Sarasota Watch Company in the program today, and I'm going to encourage you to stop by. Yes, if you're in the Sarasota area, absolutely, if you will do that. And uh, and thanks to Steve, we are back on the air. Today is Sunday, July 15th, 2018. That is the secular calendar. On the Hebrew calendar, it's the third day in the Hebrew month of Av in the year 5,778. We say Mazel Tov to Ellie and Owen and their entire family from San Diego who joined me here in Italy. Owen and Ellie are twins and they were called to the Torah this past Friday as a bar and bat mitzvah right here in Italy in synagogue near Tamid del Sud, the internal light of the South. We have good news about the synagogue too. We are now an affiliated, recognized member of the Jewish Reconstructionist Movement, the only movement in uh, 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 in Judaism started in North America. So we'll talk a little bit about what the Reconstructionist Movement is and a little bit about its founder, Mordecai Kaplan, in an upcoming show. We have a very interesting and I hope inspiring program for you this beautiful morning. It is the start of the Hebrew month of Av, and it features two special days. The ninth of Av is called Tisha B'Av and then Tuba'av, the 15th day in the Hebrew month of Avav, which was the precursor of Valentine's Day. Yes, indeed. 
Tubaav, the Jewish day for love. How about that? And Tishabaav, a day of remembrance and mourning. We also have today very good news Israel. Our friend Michael Ordman has put together some wonderful pieces about good things that are happening in Israel, and I'm excited to share them with you. And we have some new Jewish music, some old favorites as well. And uh, the music I know gets your, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Your hands clapping and your feet tapping. Well, nothing better than a celebration song for our first show back, right? How about Andre Ryu and the Royal Albert Hall Orchestra and Symphony Hava Nagila? Let's listen. Enjoy that. That is Haba Nagila. What does that mean in Hebrew? It means let's celebrate right here on the radio rabbi program, AM 930 The Answer. This is your radio rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Aiello. I'm so happy to be back with you. And so we had a little break there, and uh, now we're back. And uh, I'm so happy to be sharing this wonderful Sunday morning with you. We'll be here every Sunday morning from 9 until 10. That's change. Yes, we used to be 8.30 to 9.30, but now we are 9 until 10. We're going to talk today about, as we always do, if there's a Jewish holiday or a Jewish day of remembrance that's coming up, we like to speak about it and uh, learn a little bit along the way. And today it's going to be Tisha B'Av. Tisha, that's the first word, B with an apostrophe, Av. 
it is the Jewish day of mourning, and it gets its name because Tisha means nine, and Ba'av is the Hebrew month of Av, as I said, so it falls on the ninth day in the Hebrew month of Av, which this year begins at sundown on July 20th, coming up this week, and continues through Saturday, July 21st. Now, there are mourning customs, and that would be M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. There are mourning customs associated with observing Tisha Ba'av. Among them, fasting, reading and studying the book of Eicha, which is the book of Lamentations, and also reading and studying the book of Job. Tisha B'Av recalls tragedies that have befallen the Jewish people, among them the destruction of the temples, the murder of the Jews in the biblical city of Baitar, all of which occurred on Tisha B'Av. Now, in recent years, Jewish mourning has expanded to include additional events, such as the expulsion of the Jews from Europe, in particular the Jews of Spain, who were forced to leave their homeland on July 31, 1492. And that signaled the end, the, excuse me, the era of the Inquisition, one of the darkest periods in Jewish history. Now, for those of us who have Jewish roots, and we would be called B'nai Anusim, B'nai children Anusim of the forced ones. So that means that some of us are descendants of Jews who were forced under threat of torture and death into Christian conversion. Tisha B'Av holds a special place in our hearts, and that's because of emotional persecution of B'nai Anusim. You know that that emotional persecution continues to this day, and we're going to talk today about Emma. When B'nai and Osim are told that real Jews are the dead ones, oh my goodness, well, Emma, it's not her real name, but Emma is a bat and anusim, a Hebrew term which translates as the daughter of the forced ones. Now, her Italian Jewish roots, all tangled as they are, also run quite deep. Emma traces her ancestry back nearly 500 years to Inquisition times when Jews were forced to either convert to Christianity or face jail, expulsion, or even death. Now, unlike Emma's ancestors, there were few Jews of means in Spain and later in Sicily and in Calabria, right here in the toe of the Italian boot, who were able to sell their possessions or hand over their gold to book passage that would take them to safety. Other Jews, well, were not so fortunate. Unable to escape, they submitted to Christian conversion while hiding their Jewish traditions within their immediate families. In fact, Inquisition records document Jewish families with surnames, the same as Emma's, who were denounced to church authorities for Judaizing. That they were denounced by their very own cooks, housemaids, nannies, gardeners. Many of these families were arrested and burned alive in the public square. Those who survived often became practicing Catholics, and only on rare occasions would they trust the precious secret of their Jewish ancestry to other members of their families. Well, deathbed confessions... They were not unusual. One Bararasim recounts, recounts her grandmother's final hours. As Nona hovered near death, she asked her children as they gathered. She said, please come, come around me, come around my bed, because when I die, I want to be sure that you understand. Do not call a priest. Do not place a rosary in my hands. Wrap my body in a white sheet and bury me the next day. 
As the children and grandchildren looked on in shock and disbelief, Nana concluded, I never told you, we are Jews. Although Emma's family has no deathbed drama, they do have a rich store of traditions that indicated Jewish heritage. And what might some of those traditions be? Well, from cooking traditions that conform to kosher dietary laws, an egg with a blood spot was always thrown away, to markings on the right side of the door that resemble the mezuzah's Hebrew letter shin, to special marriage blessings that take place sotto la coperta under a spe special crocheted covering remnant of the Jewish wedding canopy called the, uh, canopy called the Chupa, Emma's family's traditions place her squarely among this group of Jews called B'nai Anusim. Emma is proud to count herself among those Italians whose families have only remnants of Jewish belief and Jewish practice, but who have passed these traditions from family member to family member to family member for generations. In fact, in Emma's own words, she says, I know I am a Jew. So you can imagine how joyful she was when she heard that a rabbi in a synagogue near to her home had recently dedicated himself to welcoming B'nai Anusim into traditional congregations. But as she began her return to her Jewish heritage, well, Emma was faced with what she felt were disheartening prejudices. Although she and her son had studied for years, although they had been awarded a status recognition certificate attesting to their lost Jewish ancestry, and later she and her son had made formal conversion, the rabbi seemed, well, dissatisfied. He complained that she lacked formal documentation of a matrilineal Jewish line. Well, that's something that few in Osim can produce. Then there were discussions that indicated that synagogue officials were skeptical of her family's Jewish traditions. And all the gossip and innuendo made Emma feel, well, unwelcome in the community. Finally, Emma met with a rabbi and asked that he explain his reluctance at welcoming her and her son. And the rabbi began the discussion by recounting Inquisition history, pointing out that in 1492, many Jews refused to convert to Christianity. The result was that entire families were burned alive in a special public burning called an auto de fe. And this happened throughout Spain, Portugal, later on in Sicily, and finally here in southern Italy, too. The rabbi went on to say that these were the real Jews, and that the Anosim, their descendants who converted, well, they chose an easier path. He added that while these forced converts maintained some Jewish traditions within their families, the rabbi intimated that their Judaism was suspect, because these families, like Emma's, did not live publicly as Jews. And you know what? Technically, the rabbi is correct. The Jews who refused conversion remained Jewish, even as their bodies went up in flames. The Jews who chose to convert, well, rather than to submit to murderers, were in no position to profess their Judaism in public. Instead, they took their traditions underground. At great personal sacrifice and with great courage, these Anosim practiced their Jewish holidays, traditions, and secret. It only seems logical that Emma's ancestors deserve appreciation and respect. They had found a way to live as Jews, after all. Well, a few years ago, actually on December 8th, 
2009, Rabbi Stephen Leon, rabbi for 24 years to B'nai Anusim in the southwest of the USA, introduced a resolution to the United Synagogues of Conservative Judaism at their biennial convention. And this resolution passed by acclamation included the following acknowledgement and tribute to people like Emma, B'nai Anusim. Whereas the fast day of Tisha B'Av recalls the very Hebrew date upon which the Jews of Spain were expelled from their country in 1492, and whereas many Jews were forcibly converted to Christianity publicly, but then continued to practice Judaism in secret, be it resolved to welcome the Benayanosim to Judaism and to welcome them into their congregations. So, we ask... Does the Tisha B'Av pronouncement of 2009 translate into the synagogues of Europe in 2018? Well, speaking for what I see in Italy, as well as what I see generally throughout Europe, mainstream traditional Jewish communities profess the same welcome. In fact, in the past 10 years, several conferences have been organized to acknowledge and celebrate the relationship between Tisha B'Av and how its theme should include include openness to Anusim. Well, in Italian, we have a saying. It goes like this, Sega la segatura. Sega la segatura. Translated literally, it means to saw the sawdust. And figuratively, it implies that sometimes we Italians prefer talk to action. Resolutions, articles, and pronouncements aside, Beneanu seem like Emma, and like so many others throughout the south of Italy, not to mention Spain, Portugal, and other European countries as well, are eager to not only discover their Jewish roots, but to formally embrace them by going to synagogue and praying with other Jews. And like Emma, they are genuinely confused when the so-called welcome is dampened by suspicion or skepticism, ridiculous demands for genealogical documentation that synagogue and community officials already know could not possibly exist. Well, it was Frederick Nietzsche who put it best when he wrote, What doesn't kill you makes you strong. And with experiences like Emma's, many Italian Benanusim understand what Nietzsche was talking about. And strength is exactly what Emma and so many others like her will need as they attempt to break the barriers that continue to rob them of their Judaism and victimize them yet again. So this year, the 9th of Av, or Tisha B'Av, falls on Saturday, July 21st, and gives us yet another opportunity to extend the hand of Jewish welcome to the descendants of Jews who were expelled from Spain on Tisha B'Av in 1492, and to do all we can to open the door to them and say, welcome home. This is the Radio Rabbi Program. I am your Radio Rabbi, Rabbi Barbara Aiello, and very happy to be back with you here on AM 930, The Answer. And uh, we have some more Jewish music to share as we talk about Tisha B'Av and we talk about a modern approach to a very old and traditional memorial holiday. Let's listen to one of our favorites, Beth Schaefer. The CD is Lev Belev, and the song is Devarim Haim. Words of our lives.
very often look above But that seems to be so very far away And in spending time with you I realize God is in our love Fueling the fire of our lives from day to day Lave, belave, heart and heart When my hand stops, your hand stops In a circle of love that has no end Lave, belave, heart and heart God's been with us from the start In this complicated world you So I'll keep you close to me, live believe. Giant clap of thunder from the sky But in singing songs with you It is the most attentive ear Those that God dwells between the words for us to find Believe, believe, heart and heart My hand stops, your hand stops In a circle of love that has no end Believe, believe, heart and heart God's been with us from the start In this complicated world you'll need a friend And so I'll keep you Close to me, live and When we yearn for God's touch, we hope our pain will go away in an instant, in a moment. As we work together toward that sacred, peaceful day, we learn that God heals each of us through me and you. Believe, believe, heart and heart, when my hand stops, your hand stops, in a circle of love that has no God's been with us from the start In this complicated world you'll need a friend So I'll keep you close to me God will be with us as together we will stay
Believe, heart by heart, God's been with us from the start. And a lovely piece of music by one of our favorite recording artists, Beth Schaefer, right here on the Radio Rabbi program. I am your Radio Rabbi, so happy to be back. Yes, indeed. Very, very pleased to be back every Sunday morning here from 9 until 10, right, and uh, on AM 930, The Answer, and also podcast. Just go to my website, you can listen anytime, and uh, download the program as a podcast. Well, one of the reasons that we are back on the air is we have a brand new sponsor, and I want to share a little bit about the Sarasota Watch Company with you. I am delighted to welcome Steve and the entire staff of Sarasota Watch Company as the new sponsor of the Radio Rabbi Program. Now, I had the pleasure of speaking with owner Steve Shimanov, who opened the door to Sarasota Watch Company for me. And what I learned, well, it was remarkable. First, there's nothing like skill, dedication, and hard work to make a small business grow. And that's just what Steve and his staff have done. Now, tapping into three generations, Steve's family tradition of watchmaking and watch repair serves his customers well. Now, there is an impressive array of vintage watches at Sarasota Watch Company, including, Steve told me, a pocket watch from the 1880s to state-of-the-art Rolex timepieces. Now, Sarasota Watch Company has what you are looking for when it comes to beauty, grace, and style. Stop by Sarasota Watch Company and see for yourself. There are some gorgeous Rolexes there, new and pre-owned, along with classic jewelry from diamonds to one-of-a-kind estate pieces, and all are reasonably priced. Now, Steve says we pay top dollar for jewelry and watches, and our customers tell us that working with us is hassle-free. That's the Sarasota Watch Company, and they are located at 4180 Tamiami Trail. Stop by or call Steve at 941-953-1315, 953-1315. And you know, the time is right, pun intended, for a pre-owned or a new watch or an expert watch repair. It's Sarasota Watch Company, a wonderful family enterprise, and the brand new sponsor for the, of the radio rabbi program. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so very, very much. A regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi program is the Mishabarak, where we pray for those who are ill. And we know that um, the singing of the prayer, uh, saying names aloud and singing the prayer aloud, too, is something that goes all the way back hundreds and hundreds of years to the time of the Jewish mystics, to the Kabbalists, who taught that there is greater strength when we pray together than when we pray alone. And that's why we say aloud the names of our friends and our family members who are ill and, uh, and, and, and enlarge that spiritual energy. And today I've been asked to remember for the Misha Barak prayer, Victoria, Sandy, Helen, Gary, Rosa, Alessandro, Michael, and Dennis. And now say aloud the names of your friends and family members who are ill. Do that right now. Say it aloud. 
as we listen to the beautiful words of comfort sung by Debbie Friedman of Blessed Memory. The CD is Renewal of Spirit, and it's the Misha Barrett Prayer.
Prayer for Healing, a regular feature here on the Radio Rabbi Program. And yes, indeed, we are back Sunday mornings, 9 to 10. Thanks for listening. I'm so happy you're with us today. This is where you'll find us, AM 930, The Answer, as the Radio Rabbi starts again, 17 years, and we're so happy to be back where we started. So very, very nice. And we also thank our sponsor, the Sarasota Watch Company brand new, very brand new uh, sponsor, and we're so, so very grateful. Speaking of very, very, Very Good News Israel is a site, a a wonderful website put together by my friend Michael Ordman. Now, he does this for one very important reason, that no one hears often enough about the good things happening in, in Israel. Demonizing Israel has become a cottage industry, but thanks to Michael Ordman, very good news Israel, and uh, he's making that, he's, he's changing that around and bringing positive news to many, many people. And, and so, as we listen to some of the things that are happening in Israel, as, as our brothers and sisters there do tikkun olam, the repair of the world, I hope that you will share the good news about Israel with your family and friends. So what does Michael have to tell us today? Well, he said, do you have knee problems? Do you need surgery? We know it happens to athletes and people as they grow older, too. Many of us with knee cartilage problems are really reluctant to sometimes do what can be a very complicated surgical procedure. Well, thanks to Israel's Akura Medical Company, they have developed a Super Bowl meniscus repair system that has just received FDA clearance in the United States. How about motorcycles? Israel is now saving the lives of motorcyclists. It is This is really important, especially since motorcycle crash fatalities are nearly 28 times higher than that for crash, uh, car crash occupants. And Israel is to the rescue. A new technology is called Ride Vision. The invention is called CAT, Collision Aversion Technology, CAT. It gives the motorcyclist a 360-degree predictive vision protection. And, of course, that's very, very important for our our cyclists and riders, especially in the Florida area. Now, the suffering of Syrian children is somewhat eased, again, by Israeli volunteers. They are busy collecting toys for Syrian children. Less than 24 hours after a Golan Regional Council request, hundreds of Israelis across Israel volunteered to bring goodie bags for Syrian refugee children living on the Golan border. I have some good news about President Rivlin, the first Israeli president to host Arab police women. The president made history when he hosted 29 Muslim and Christian Arab police women at his residence. Over the past two years, 728 Arabs have joined the Israeli police force, including 74 women, of whom nearly 50 are Muslim. Now, think Israelis, think footwear, 
That's right. Think sandals. Historians have found a deep link between wearing sandals and being Israeli. And now this link is the subject of a new exhibit at the Eretz Israel Museum. In 1961, archaeologists discovered 2,000-year-old sandals in a cave near the Dead Sea. The resemblance to modern Israeli kibbutznik sandals was remarkable, began a whole new fashion trend. And if you'd like to learn a little bit about the history of the sandals, why don't you Google Eretz Israel Museum and take a look at, uh, at what we've been wearing on our feet for thousands of years. Now, here on the Radio Rabbi program, we include everyone, as you know, secular and cultural Jews as well. And do you know that's happening in Israel, too? Now, even non-observant Jews can have Shabbat off. They can have that, the Shabbat, Friday night and Saturday off. Thanks to the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, there is now an amendment to the Shabbat law that will allow Israeli employees to request not to work on Shabbat, even if they are not religious. Observant. Now, why? Well, the parliament recognized that many Jews who identify as secular enjoy Shabbat traditions and celebrate them with their families at home. Good news, Israel, from Very Good News, Israel, from Michael Ordman, and you can Google him at verygoodnewsisrael.org. Learn more about some of these wonderful things that we were able to summarize for you today. Well, we are going to listen to a, ni- a new piece of Jewish music, an old song done in a beautiful way. Haveno Shalom Alechem, the artist is Fran Avni, and I know you know this, so sing along.
And that was Havino Shalom Alechem and the artist Fran Avni right here on the Radio Rabbi program. Yes, we're back. I am your Radio Rabbi, and this is our brand new Radio Rabbi program every Sunday morning right here at 9 to 10. And uh, so glad to have you with us. So glad to be back. And uh, we're, uh, we're talking a little bit today about Israel. It's important, I believe. And uh, especially in light of so many things that come out of uh, mainstream media about how bad Israel is. I don't know if you are aware of what is called the BDS movement. The BDS movement. Uh, it gets a lot of attention in mainstream media. The B stands for boycott. The D stands for divest. And the S stands for sanction. The BDS movement is aimed exactly and square on at Israel. And the only democracy in all of the Middle East, the only place where gay and lesbian uh, people can live and work in complete safety, the only place where uh, Jews, of course, can, can do the very same thing, and uh, many, many, many people from Arab countries go to Israel, live in Israel. Some of the members of the Israeli Knesset, the parliament, are, um, are Arabs, uh, uh, Arab, Muslim Arabs and Christian Arabs. There is a, um, a diversity in Israel like no other place in the Middle East. But yet, there's tremendous, tremendous negative publicity trying to boycott Israeli products, divest from Israeli companies and sanction Israel at every turn. And that's why we like to take a little time during the Radio Rabbi programs to talk about some of the things that are happening. And since I've been away from you a little while, I did want to speak today about something I found on Ynet. Ynet. And uh, it's about Syrian children. Syrians who are now fleeing in the thousands to Israel's border. Did you know that? They're fleeing in the th by the thousands to Israel's border as Assad continues battling for control of the country. Now these these Syrians have been raised on a steady diet of anti-Israel propaganda. Now, as the IDF, that is the Israeli Defense Force, humanitarian efforts continue, Syrian children are expressing their gratitude with drawings and pictures. And one Syrian mother writes to an IDF officer, I hope the borders between us will one day be only geographical. Well, Last week was one of the busiest weeks since the launch of uh, the IDF's Operation Good Neighbor two years ago. Fierce fighting in the Syrian southwest city of Dara precipitated the flight of hundreds of thousands of Syrian refugees to the Israeli and Jordanian borders. Well, a lieutenant colonel, we'll call him Colonel A, he has two phones on his desk and he oversees this operation and these phones do not stop ringing. On the line, he tends to constant requests from Syrian liaison officials for humanitarian aid to citizens who have fled the fighting near Dera. On the other line, IDF military personnel are keeping him appraised of the situation in the field, so this guy is busy. But what's so important is that hung on the walls of his office are pictures, well, as you would expect, of his children. But opposite is a framed picture of a star of David that was drawn by a nine-year-old Syrian girl who suffered from severe diabetes and was taken to the Zif Medical Center in Safed for treatment last year.
When she returned to Israel for a medical checkup, she came across the lieutenant colonel by chance. And while they were talking, the girl asked to draw an Israeli flag. She wanted to make one just for him. And she did so with the help with help from her mother, who growing up was fed a daily diet of Israel hatred. Now, for this little nine-year-old girl, drawing the Star of David was a little bit complicated, but she was eventually able to complete the sketch and add her own huge expression of warmth for the country with a little green heart drawn above alongside her and the lieutenant colonel's names. In recent months, quite a few such drawings have been given to IDF soldiers by Syrian children who discovered that their only place of refuge from a brutal regime proved to be a country they had been indoctrinated to hate. The drawings are perhaps the only way these children have to convey their gratitude for the Israeli hand that extended, that was extended to them in their hour of need. Despite the fighting and the ongoing Syrian civil war that we hear a great deal about on our television here in the States, that's now being waged in the Syrian side of the Golan Heights and the expected fall of the rebel-held villages adjacent to Israel's northern frontier, well, the IDF has given an indication of, uh, of continuing to work with these children. There won't be support rallies for Israel by the border, but in another 15 years, a 19-year-old Syrian man who was operated on in Israel will see the two scars from the bullet he was hit by, and he will remember who who saved his life, he will tell his children too. And that was one officer from the Bashan Brigade, which carries out much of the humanitarian efforts on the border. It took time, but we built trust with them. The first delivery of food that was sent, well, they burned because according to their customs, it was forbidden to, for an individual to accept help with food. So we began with food for babies. And from there, we sent sacks of flour weighing 25 kilograms to bakeries. And that opened the door to other kinds of food as well. Since 2013, around 4,000 wounded Syrians have entered Israel. Some 1,300 children and 6,500 adults were treated at the clinic that was established with the Americans on the border. Some 25,000 Syrians have received food and clothes and have hel- and, 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 and help, and the help has had an impact on 250 Syrians who live on the Syrian side of the Golan Heights. So very, very good. And as uh, one mother said, I am grateful to the people of Israel and to the IDF for helping us, giving us medical supplies and food. And as she as she said, I hope that the borders between us will one day be truly be purely geographical. Yours, a stranger in my country. So good news, Israel. And let's listen to one more piece of music. These are some of our favorites. Did you notice? That's what I've chosen. This time it's Laura Wetzel. The CD is The World of Jewish Song. Do you know Tumbalalaika? I do. Let's listen.
like uh, Laura Wetzler, the CD World of Jewish Song, right here on the Radio Rabbi program. Well, you know what we like to say, Radio Rabbi is a pluralistic program. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, whether you're Reform or Progressive, Orthodox or Reconstructionist, Conservative, Renewal, Humanistic, Ashkenazic or Sephardic, like me, part of the Anasim community, Crypto-Jewish, Moranos or Conversos, are you a cultural, a secular, or even a gastronomical Jew? Well, you know what? We are all part of the Mishpuchta, part of a worldwide wonderful Jewish family, as we say to you, welcome home. This is Rabbi Barbara Aiello, your radio rabbi. We will see you next week on FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer. See you then. Bye-bye. Mr. 